Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you for tuning in. We got one more week of the regular season. We're going to look back at the bets we placed and talk about some storylines. Let's do it. What's going on, everyone? Thank you very much for tuning in and hanging out with us for a little bit here on Talking Baseball. It's the Tidbits episode. We got Trevor, we got Jake, myself, BBD. We're all coming to you from different Roosevelt studios as we are solo. Jake in Roosevelt South, BBD, Roosevelt's more south. I'm in the Roosevelt. Is that the official name of yours, BBD? Are you Roosevelt's kind of west? I'm I'm like northwest of the office, if we're being specific. Okay, he's Roosevelt's northwest, kind of. I'm Roosevelt's uh, mid-Atlantic headquarters, and Trev is Roosevelt's uh, the far out west. So welcome to the show. Hope you guys are doing well. Trev, how are you? I'm doing great. Loving the last week of baseball. Loving the drama we have going on in the central region. Uh, we were talking before the show about some of the dumb takes we had. And I'm okay with admitting that some of my takes preseason were pretty dumb. Or at least they look dumb now. At the time, I don't know how dumb they were. But um, I'm excited to talk about it. Jake, are you excited? I'm excited, man. Uh, wild week. Going to be some some fans that are kind of excited. Their team sneaks in as the eighth best team in the National League. And there's going to be, I think there's going to be some teams that get a real look in the mirror this year. If your team d- didn't make the postseason, yeah, it was a short year and you can point to some little stuff. But I mean, if you're not, you're not going to be one of the top half in in your conference league. It's not good. So excited to see how it sorts out. And it's also kind of crazy that six more games are going to change how a fan base and how GMs and coaches get looked at. Pretty wild. Who do you got as the biggest mirror lookers in the AL? I mean, I think the Angels are the clear-cut winner oh. for mirror lookers. And then and then the rest of it, I don't know. Like Seattle, Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City. I don't think any of those are looking in the mirror saying what are we i think they're all kind of pretty firm the rangers is the next best mirror looker in the al but even them i don't know it was a it was a weird thing that they tried they were going for it didn't work exactly i think they can chalk it up to the season um you got a lot of mirror lookers in the nl a lot i, I don't want to i don't want to get too crazy here but <laughs> I, I actually don't even know if i want to say this on air Okay. The yes. Rangers. Well, you don't like them. You know I don't like the Rangers. Yes. I've done. I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Never okay. mind. All I right. have another one for you, though. I have another one for you. Well, the National League, Jake. Well, uh, AL. Oh, you have someone else you, in the AL? Boston? The Houston Astros need to look themselves in the mirror because they have decisions going forward. Who they can keep, who they can sign. They're losing guys. Grinky obviously been amazing this year, but... He's on the back end of his career, you'd assume. Yeah. Uh, they need to figure out for a long time they had a plan. The plan worked. Obviously, a few hiccups in there that'll help. Now they're at the point 
where a lot of these teams get to where it's like, okay, what's next? Like, do are they going to go into a full rebuild again? Yeah, that's a good one. It's a different mirror. I like that, Trev. I do I do think postseason is gonna dictate how Houston feels. Like that's a team that can still make a little bit of noise. Um, but you're right. I mean, JV out all next year. Springer is going to be a free agent. Like the the Houston Astros are going to feel pretty different pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it's the Angels, and kind of in a hilarious twist, we've been getting excited about the Mariners potentially giving a scare. The Angels are a half game behind the Mariners. I it it'll just be hilarious if they finish their season strong and the Angels finish ninth, and they're like, hey, we we were not we weren't that bad. We just needed more season. Um, and that sounds like something the angels would say. The angels are the biggest mirror looker in the AL In the NL Jake. You have a, a couple, I'll feed you some, um, mirror lookers, the Mets, the Mets Rockies, Mets and the Rockies big time. I'm not even going to put the giants on there. I think it, I think no. if the giants are looking in the mirror. They're, they're liking what they're seeing and what, what happened and what transpired, even if they miss. The Brewers, I think they're big-time mirror lookers because they went out and made some moves this offseason, and I no one kind of fully grasped them, and they didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they also lost a lot of guys. I think the Brewers, yeah. it, you know, they're kind of middle of the pack, and they hope to make one push that gets them there, and they can still have it this year. So I, I don't think the Brewers have a big mirror gut check. Like, they didn't expect to be a dominant team. Um, I think this is kind of what the Brewers do expect them to be. I think they expected themselves to be a little more than this, but they had some untimely. Slonzo Kane opted out. Yeah, Jelly hasn't uh, been. The Phillies. Been, the Phillies is mine. I was going to say the Phillies. If the Phillies don't make the top eight teams. I think that's a huge mirror looker. Yeah, it just yeah. goes to show you how important you know depth was this year. Uh, bullpen depth, especially, you know, the starters are, they're good. They're top heavy there. Uh, you, you need, you need starting pitching is the hardest thing to acquire and the hardest thing to develop. Um, they got two good guys. They developed one paid for one, but they need somebody from the organization to step up. And this, this is partially why we didn't want to fully deep dive on some of the baseball talk today, because, you know, in a week, the brewers could be the sixth seed and be like, Hey, Let's go Brewers. We're second in the Central. So uh, we're we're going to let it sort out a little bit. It's not worth us giving a bunch of fire takes. Um, but, yeah, I, no, I, th I think the NL is going to have a couple teams that are very, very disappointed, starting with the Mets, maybe those zombie rocks, depending tonight's outcome, and then two, two three more other teams are just going to yeah. be in disbelief they didn't make an eight-team playoff. I think the Brewers are right where they want to be. I mean, they paid Yelly, they locked him up, and they got some young talent that, that's cheap for them. Keston here is making no money. Um, you know, they have some starters that kind of came and you know showed up this year. They're starting pitching, um, and and like on like Jake said, like they're just kind of a move away from every year. It seems like that. Like they're right there. They make a move. They've been, you know, they've had been net positive with their moves um, in the last couple of seasons. So I think they're kind of where they want to be. The Phillies to me is the biggest one. They got to figure no, out what's going on there. No, it's insane. Cards, cards, brewers are playing five 
to wrap up the year. I know. <laughs> so whichever team wins four of those games has a great year they expected. <laughs> whichever team doesn't uh, is having a nightmare. Disgusting. That's not baseball. <laughs> it is disgusting. You know who's like looking in the mirror and being like, ooh, yeah, I like it. Like the Jake White Sox, oh. the Padres. I mean, they're looking in the mirror like Alex Rodriguez looks in the mirror. They're kissing that Ooh, mirror. Tasty. Yeah. Indians kind of feeling that way too. Like we get, we're getting rid of people, but we're still here. Like look, they're out. looking in the mirror because they're disgusted that they're seeing like uh, a nice. They're like, why am I wearing this suit? Can't afford this damn suit. Ooh. <laughs> I'd much rather be in street clothes, saving up for this suit. I can already afford yeah. this. This is gross. Ah, mm, uh, yeah. It's either that way or like the no body image confidence. Like they're, you know, pretty good looking guy, but they're looking in the mirror and they're like, we're not, I'm not that guy. I can't, you know, <laughs> yeah, are they yeah. wearing thanks right now? Are they, are they holding it all in? The therapist is like, draw a chalk outline for what you see. And they just yeah. like Homer Simpson. Yeah. They're like svelte. It's like Gabe Kapler, and he just draws. Mm. Mm. Gabe mm. Kapler. Let's get that Gabe Kapler beach picks going this episode. Just hot, dude. Just like yeah. so dreamy. Well, not dreamy, but just uh, you know, manly. Anyway, let's uh, let's go around the league with some quick hitter updates before we jump into looking back at how dumb and smart we were before the season. I got some news for you guys that affects playoff teams. Verlander, Tommy John, uh, we kind of talked about this. He's not part of the picture. Um, and he's going to be out of baseball for a while, two full years. He'll be, how old is he going to be when he comes back now? Old. 40, 41. So that's sad. Uh, speedy recovery, and they don't have him. Ken Giles also getting Tommy John surgery. Blue Jays were trying to have him come back and be part of their bullpen for uh, their playoff series. It's not going to happen. He came, he pitched a little bit, gave up a home run to Voight, and then now he's out. Tommy John. Um, anything on either of those two besides? I, I was just going to ask Trev. I, I, there was, you know, a lot of nice words on Twitter for Verlander and a lot of the, if anybody can do it, you know, it's this guy. Uh, do we think, and again, I'm not trying to say this in a rude way. Do we think those were just nice words to say it or like, I don't know. Do you guys think we're going to be here spring training 2022 being like Justin Verlander's twirling the pill? I, I, I mean, I assume he's going to fight and try to make a comeback, but I mean, we're talking about some serious odds. A couple things. He's he'll be 39 before he pitches again. And then uh, his contract situation He's a free agent after next year. So coming off of Tommy John rehabbing 2021, he'll he'll be with a new team or with a new deal in 2022, and you're looking at a 39-year-old coming off of TJ. What does that deal look like? So if I'm a team, I'd give him a chance. Well, over your Tigers, and you just need some fun for the fan base. I could well, see team oh, a team that say, like, hey, man, that. we need a, we need a fourth guy. Like I'm so cynical. Like I don't, I don't expect to see Verlander pitch again, but that's just Ever. because I'm so cynical. Uh, he's 39 Tommy John. Uh, yeah. I can see that's him getting to a point in rehab where he says, oh, what am I doing? Yes. 
I do, I do see that as well, and I'm going to do my favorite thing right now, which is tell you how much money this guy's made. Mm. Um, he right now is sitting at 260 M's with the 33 still coming next year. So we're talking right around 300 M's. He is a very spirited competitor, and I wouldn't be surprised if he really, really wants to come back and give it a go. Now, obviously, he could be like, nah, this is stupid. If he has setbacks, changes everything. Um, but if you're a team looking, uh, like I said, man, like for a back of the rotation guy and, and with, with with plus potential, like that's kind of your dude. I, I love it, Jim. An incentive-laden contract for those 2022 Tigers. We won't be sleeping on them then. The Yanks. A little, a little full circle. Oh. The Yanks. Stop. He looked good in pinstripes, guys. They they used to do stuff like that. The veteran Yankees used to do stuff like that. That was before they had an analytics department. Yeah, yeah. Jeter, they got you know people got Tashir got her, and we just had Lyle Overbay play. Where's Verlander from? Like, what's home? He is from is Virginia. Virginia or something. Virginia. Okay, so the Nats he, done. Nats, I, Nats or Tigers. Yeah, but he lives in LA now. Obvi. He lives in Bel Air, I believe. So he he's can get a you know, couple houses if he really wants. He's probably to. got a few residences, yeah. if I had to guess. Well, that's that news. Uh, AJ Puck also undergoes shoulder surgery. Bummer. Cole Hamels, oh. he's done. Cole Hamels is done, which, you know, the Braves relying on him already was nuts. I. I'd be shocked if the Braves go deep. Uh, I know their offense is really, really good, and in the regular season, they can outscore people. Uh, you need some pitching in the postseason. Like, you need a one and a two, and they have a one right now. And like, you know, Wright's been good. Ian Anderson, the rookie, has been good. Um, we're talking postseason. It's a whole different thing. Um, in a crazy stretch with no off days. I have the Braves right now out of my making a world series run chances because of just no pitching. Can we talk about that just real briefly? Cause we do yeah, have some sure. stuff to get into. I, you guys know who my pick was. I'm sticking with them. I'm picking the Rays to win the world series. You guys, I know probably preseason Yankee Yankee. I'd assume is that like unbiased, forget about your fandom. Does that, has that changed? Like if you had to lay money, Right now, straight up, who's going to win the World Series? I mean, are you still is it still Yankees for you? No, um, but well, it depends on the odds you're getting and all that. But no, I, I mean, you know, no, just Yan straight, just like straight, who you think is going to win the World Series? No odds, uh, nothing like that. I need the Yankees to beat a good pitcher before the postseason, and the they don't face any. So it's like, I hope that they get six toe or they get Pablo in that Miami series to end the season and they roll out the good offensive lineup. We haven't seen the offense beat a good pitcher yet, um, you know, since they've been healthy. So I, Jake's probably a little more optimistic than me. I still am not incredibly gung ho about the squad going into the postseason. And, you know, only one team wins the World Series. So it's not like I'm really down on them. I just think the Rays, um, if they run into like Cleveland's pitching staff in a short series, like I do think that's troublesome for this lineup who hasn't 
gotten to a good pitcher. I, I think the matchups matter a little more this year. I, I don't know if that sounds corny, but you're you're right. I mean, you know, when are you running into Minnesota? Are you running into Cleveland? Are you running into Tampa? I, I think if you're looking at best teams in the American League, you know, you can make a very easy argument for the Yankees. Um, what Tampa did to them in the regular season was manhandle them, but that also wasn't the full Yankee squad. So I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to see how this postseason plays out because uh, circling back to the Braves, um, you know, what if that Braves offense stays hot and, and they go to the ALDS and they manhandle a team's pitching? You can wear them out in the first couple games. So uh, this whole postseason has me a little shook. Um, I mean, looking back a week ago when the Yankees – lineup was going insane you're right it wasn't against a pitchers um can they look like that sure um I probably don't feel as great about the Yankees as I did at the start of the year just because of Tampa Bay and how much Tampa beat them like we if if they played a five game set versus Tampa I could see Tampa winning the first two and being like all right this was a good year or I could see the Yankees coming out taking the first game and being like we're going to make the whole regular season useless. So I'd say slightly less confident because of Tampa, Oakland, Minnesota, Cleveland. Uh, the White Sox are a little better than you expected. So I, I, guess I like the White Sox. My favorite would be the Rays and the White Sox. The, the White Sox bring it down a little notch. They're slowing down a little bit. Robert's slowing down. Um, you know, Keichel is a guy who had the Yankees numbers a lot. Giolito's a stud. Um, I'd have to look into the rest of that pitching staff more. But again, we're going to see some weird parts of teams we don't normally see in the postseason. We're going to see a lot of fifth and sixth relievers getting important innings that normally wouldn't happen. So I don't know how that factors in. Um, but when you say World Series, I think from the start and the beginning, and you could probably check the tapes on us, it's still the Dodgers. And then after that, it's everyone else. Padres look pretty good, too. I like them. I mean, I, I got to see, you know, they had that big brother series and the Dodgers slapped them around a little bit. And like, this is the Dodgers, man. I mean, Houston beat them in the world series in 2017. Everything has been built so much for this and they feel, they feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> and then they run into the reds in a three game series. Good luck. Yeah. Like I'm ready for the Dodgers <laughs> to, to lose in a weird way. Yeah more than win they, <laughs> my most nervous series for them will be the wild card yeah oh honestly if they face against yeah. like reds or something i think like very so much pressure on them and if they win it'll be a huge release so all right um yes because i think then they can breathe easy it's like the wild card game like when the yankees played the wild card game against the twins and the a's once you win and then you say, Oh my God, now we get to the DS where we have a five game series. It's a huge release. It's like a huge breathe easy. Okay. Not every inning matters like crazy. Obviously one game is different than the three, but still it's that first round is going to be scary. It is um, going to be scary, man. Yes. Yeah, fucking butt clench season. Ron Gardenhire retires with a week left. Trev, your old manager. I don't, you know, hopefully everything's all right. It was kind of odd that he retired when there's only a week left. Maybe. Yeah, going. I haven't dug, I haven't dug too much into this. He, 
he had uh, health issues when he was bench coaching for the Diamondbacks. And then um, I thought it was an interesting move for the Tigers to bring him in, him in like anyway. Was it last year? I think was his first year with the Tigers. And uh, I thought he's, he did a pretty good job handling people there. And, and the guys loved playing for him. And that's kind of like the legacy that Guardy leaves behind. Like he, and I can get a little sappy here, man, because mm. this is my manager. Okay, this guy, you know, sort of believed in me. I say he believed in me. I mean, I had to <laughs> had to earn it with him. But, you know, look, he had those great teams with Santana and the M&M boys and all those guys winning all those division titles. Um, the Yankees were the, you know, were tough on him, obviously. But um, was a player's manager, like through and through, always defended you. People remember him for getting ejected all the time he loved that if there's one thing i'll ever like i'll remember about guardy it's like you knew when he was gonna go out like it just kind of like built up you saw it in his eyes and you, you just knew like the team needed something or like he felt like his players were getting shafted he was gonna go get in the umpire's ass and it was it became almost like a show for him because the fans loved it. Like that became something that he was known for. So whenever he went out, if you're in uh, a target field or you're in the Metrodome, like you knew you were about to see something awesome. Like he was going to get his money's worth. And the fans, when he would finally walk back to the dugout, almost every time he got ejected, standing ovation. Like he, that was kind of like his thing. I think he had 170 something career ejections, which is really funny to think about. It's a lot of money that he spent that he got fine doing that, man. Um, but definitely a good guy in the game. Trev, uh, how do how do you pay fines? Does like MLB invoice you? Do they just take it out of your next paycheck? Like, what's the actual X's and O's on paying MLB fines as a player? You're allowed to, um, whatever you're fined, to pick a charity and donate that to. Oh, nice. so they will invoice you, but you don't. You can you can donate. It's not like MLB is just like taking the money and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they invoice you. Find out what you owe. You know, I I didn't have a lot of them, so I don't have a lot of experience. I was trying to keep my money. Uh, but Gardy, you know, he he spent. I wonder what his career fines were we got to find that out i'm going to try to find that number so i think that'd be pretty funny um guardy was man he was a lot of other things legendary i could keep going on him like he would eat sandwiches without the bread but then slam like six cores lights just playing for the tie that was his thing so kind of a jolly fun loving dude attention to detail sandwich we without the bread and then six yeah, he kept playing for the tie, you know. I'll, although I think if you look at him, it, it wasn't necessarily a tie. You know, he yeah. he uh, he's a little he's a little portly, but uh, definitely, like I said, just a good man in the game. Nice. All right, yeah. Jake, you got any favorite garden hire memories? Just you know, baseball lifer, and it's fun. You know, bringing up the the history now like you know there was a day when ron gardenhire was a mets shortstop prospect oh, and that's yeah. <laughs> you know i i don't have those images of ron gardenhire in my head i have the picture of uh you know that guy that was having six beers to wash down dinner but he uh you know baseball lifer i think 46 most 
wins as a manager kind of thought it would be a little higher when I researched that, but, uh, no, it's, it's good for him and enjoy it. 62. So he's, uh, got some time to enjoy it. 1200 wins. If you Google Rod and garden hire Mets, some great, some great pictures come up. Another cool thing that Guardy did was he had his guys, like he had his staff and he was loyal to them. And they all got axed when the new regime came in or prior to that, when they brought in Paul Molitor, you know, they got rid of Guardy and basically his whole coaching staff. Then when he got hired by the Tigers, they were all with them with the Tigers, man. So that's, that's loyalty right there, man. That's something you don't get a lot of still today. So got to give kudos to that. That's cool. All right. We pulled up the episode notes from the episode we did. Kudos to Bug Bug Dude for his great note keeping. Episode 166, Prop Bets, before the season started. And we gave you guys some uh, over-unders we liked, some batting average, some team wins. We just pulled them up before we started the show. We wanted to take a look, see how everyone's doing. It looks like we opened this show talking about you grilling, Trev. I know. What's up with that? Well, you know, you got the Traeger. You hate the Traeger people. You love the Traeger people. You're a Traeger person. You hate yourself. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, Team over-unders. Is uh, I got a question. Is somebody bringing us this portion of the show by chance? That is a great question, BBD. (laughs) And the answer that I have for you is, yeah. Mm. Uh, This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. And week two of... Week two of football is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all of you MMA fans the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code JOHNBOY during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. You know, I used to grow up listening to WFAN a lot. Biking the Mad Dog. Spent my days listening to them. And, you know, the Mink Man does the fast-talking updates, or Erica Hershowitz. And I was always so like, what a fucking gig. What a gig. You just go in and out of commercial, and you just speed read. Now here I am with the gig I, I you know, just... Both gigs. Who you want to be, Jake. Just, you know, you can dream it, you can do it. I can you be the fast anything you, you can do anything you want in this world. Fast talking update. It's not true. It's not. You don't give people that false. So not anything you want to do, but within reason. Within reason. I think we sell like a quote board. That's Jake's quote. You can be anything you want to be in this world. 
What's something I can't do, Trump? You can't, you probably like you personally dunk a basketball. Yeah, you probably couldn't be many basketballs next on a on a on a regulation size rim without so help. Many different objects that I can use. Yeesh. All right. Sky's my height to dunk. You just have to put in a shitload of time. <laughs> do you think if you trained your whole life, you could dunk? Yes. Yes. He could. He could. You just got to. Oh. <laughs> have you seen Spud Webb? He didn't. He worked at it, but he was also blessed with a natural ability to Wait, leap. You uh, don't. You don't. You don't need like Spud Webb's a, a, a great example, Jake. But also there's like guys out there on YouTube that are like short. Oh, like I put you in. You have to dedicate your life years to it, of right? effort to go. They're like five, five dudes, and they just spent. Can you like, imagine that was your life's work <laughs> to dunk the yeah. basketball. Dude, I mean, there's guys. It's the weirdest thing. There's guys on YouTube that are like short guys. They're like, I put in the work, and then they dunk, and it's like, okay, yeah. So yeah, Jake wanted to dunk. You give him like two years and the actual training method. Holy, right now. Uh, oh, I would take whatever bet you want. Two years? I'd rather not dedicate two years of my life to know, only yeah. dunking a basketball. But if he I wanted know. to, he could do it. Telling I think you. there was like a year period of my life where I could dunk. Never two-handed. And like had to have the ball a little squishy so I could palm it a little bit better. Mm. But like, okay, man. Hey, I believe in you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Good example. All right. <laughs> I took the twins. I said they were a lock for the playoffs um, and that they should win the AL. Now, a lot of that changed with the the playoff format uh, because white, the first seed didn't matter anymore. But I took the twins over and I, I, it hasn't hit yet. I don't know if it is. I don't uh, bad place to start because I don't okay. I didn't write down what it was. I think it was 36. You said, Jake. I'm guessing I, again, bad place to start with that. Number. I don't know if this is the number we use, but I'm looking at another place that had an updated 60 season over under 34 or 34. That's what I'm looking at too. Twins, they're at 33. So I'm pretty happy with that. I do think the twins will get the over. So go. Twins. What was that? Trev's Trev's big one was the Padres, which he he deserves some love for. He thought they'd sneak over, and they that wasn't him. my lock though. That was a good pick, no. but my that was not we're, my. Yeah, lock. we're just going down the order here. You did say the Padres yeah. over, Got so good yeah, job. that was a good one. Good job by you. you. Good job by me. Unless the Twins don't win again, I will have that. They should win. They should win. Jake, you had. Is it on here? So I, I had uh, my team bets could both be losers. My Orioles are giving me hope. Um, I thought that one was a loser with their good start. Um, it's 25. I think they're at 23 wins with six games to go. So if wow. they finish bad, the under. I took the under. The Nats were my big loser. I shat yeah. on them all offseason. And then when yeah. they went to 60 games, I was like, oh, they're going to find that magic and just keep it running. They've been terrible, and the MLB is against them. And I'll dip what out. you but said probably was the, the World worst, Series hangover. Worst bet. You said yeah, they were I thought, be I thought better Scherzer for the it, hangover. Yeah. I thought Scherzer and Strasburg wouldn't hold up for a full season. And then when they mm -hmm. got rid of the full season, I got excited. 
straight shat the bed. The whole Soto thing's honestly bizarre if you look back, but probably probably the worst bet of all of these you'll hear. It's okay. Um, moving on, it looks like Jim, you you got interested in the Phillies making the playoffs. This was before the expanded playoffs. Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of we'll just table that a little bit. But I liked it. Um, Although the tidbit there is Girardi will max out a team's regular season record. I don't know if they've really done that. Well, we we had some discussions about that. Jim liked Girardi's bullpen stuff, and then he did acknowledge that Girardi had some nice pieces to work with in the bullpen. In yeah, I think I said that thinking the Phillies had like a couple pieces, and then I realized <laughs> they had zero pieces, yeah. and I I came down from it a little bit, like, oh, I don't know if he can do it with that. Um, but whatever, yeah. I mean, that would. I don't think I like told anyone to bet on the Phillies. I just said I'm interested. The final, the final team note looks like Trevor went with Tigers under. I kind of baited him into that because I, I talk so confidently about the Orioles under because I was like, every team's going to beat the Orioles this year. And Trev's like, okay, who's another bad team? I like that. So you went Tigers, and hey, we slept on the Tigers, and they're great. No, we slept on them, and there's. I slept the entire year. I'm still sleeping. They did. They've already eclipsed the 21 and a half. They're at 22 wins right now. Clearly, that's a losing bet. They came out hot, won some games, hung around 500 for a while, and then they've just been kind of on their way down. Which is interesting because that on the that trajectory lines up with when they started bringing some of their guys up, some of their young pitchers. Yeah, it was like they were kind of trying to make a run a little bit. And then it all kind of went uh, down there. CJ Crone was playing well, then he ended up getting hurt. <clears throat> but that obviously is a loser. And, um, you know, we're not, this is, these are tough bets here. Okay. I said I couldn't bet on the Tigers under because the Royals existed. I just yeah, went yes. to see how the Tigers and the Royals have fared. They're three and three against each other, and they got four games to Ooh. end the season. Ooh. Hey, did you guys, like, did you, did you see so the Cardinals have a double header the day after the season ends with the Tigers, I believe, if they need the extra games. You know, Jake, how last wow. like we were saying they're they're only scheduled to play 58 games. And I believe though everyone commented this that the Cardinals have a double header. I think it's with the Tigers. Um huh. if if let me see. What date would that be? September 28th? 28th, and luckily the NL does start the day after the AL, so they'd still have some gap days. But yeah, that could be that could be wild, and I wonder... But imagine you're the Tigers. Yeah, can we pass? And you think your season's over, and now hold up. We have to play a double header against the Cardinals, which changes... Everything maybe in the NL postseason thing, Fun. and they're the AL Tigers and don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> could be fun. That could be fun for them. Playoff type atmosphere, like obviously not atmosphere, but playoff implications, like a young squad like that. I think that's could be fun. It also could be like, man, I really just want to go home. I think I could see the Tigers having some fun with it. Bring back Ronnie Garden G. Ronnie G comes two back. Games. Yeah, I love it. Um, oh, that's going to be bizarre because if, like, let's say the Cardinals are in the playoffs, could they go from the eight to the six seed? 
that's uh that's some serious funny business that excited for that to now come up um i think we're into the individual player stuff yeah jake you did great here you want to share i did bad i did bad here i'll go first i had benintendi over i'm very curious to see what i said um part of me thinks i was probably trying to just pamper red sox fans because i was going to shit on them with jbj but I don't know why I would choose the Benny over. I did. And then I said the JBJ under. I'm wrong on both of those. Ben and got hurt. Yeah, maybe the worst five-game season you could have. I think you play like seven games, ten games. And JBJ hit over. I think JBJ's got like a 20 270 batting average now. Didn't he have four hits against the Yankees the other night? He was probably thinking about that. He did. I wonder what his batting average was before then. Uh, I mean, on, on September 8th, it was he had a 240 batting average, and I was right around the line. He got real hot since then. I mean, his last 10 games, he's got a 370 batting average. So he's over. I'm wrong on that. But, Jake, yours were really good. I did good. I uh, I stumbled into Goldschmidt. Um you know, I was banking on last year was the worst year of his career, and it was still really good. Um, the over-under was 275. I think right now he's he's hitting 307, so I should be safe there. Hope it comes down to those Tigers bonus games. And then I followed up with LeMahieu. I was scared of being a Yankees homer, and it was 290. Um, he's going for the batting title right now. So I, uh, the batting averages, I did good, Trev. You you are a good prop better. Hey, who's that hot chick in the background? What's uh, hey. my sister, Courtney? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was thought it was your fiance. I was making a joke. But what's up? That was funny. Still hot. <laughs> Still hot. Um, mine were also bad. I am on Jim's side of this. I took Kevin Pillar to hit under two seventy, and I think you guys kind of goaded me into this as well. No, 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 no. This was the fishiest no, line. No, no. And it, you know, Pilar's at 283. But Trev, you found the fishiest line. The Kevin Pilar yeah. line was incredibly fishy. Now Vegas knew what was up because he's he's over it. But we were looking at a guy at the time who had never hit over 270. Yes. Um, he's only hit over 270 once in his career for a full season. He was not uh uh, a hot hitter in early in the season either. So like we couldn't find a single reason why the Kevin Pillar line was that high. Now Vegas knows some shit cause he's over. He's, he's, currently he's at, at, he's at two eighty three. Yeah. And had him at two seventy. So there is some wiggle room there. If he just has um, a bad last week, I guess. Uh, possibly could happen. And then my other one was Moustakis, who I really love this one. I kind of went heavy on this one, you guys. 255 over. Moose is not getting it done for me this year. Um, I just had it up. I think he's he's around 200 um, with probably really no chance of getting to 255. He, right now he's sitting at 218. He'd have to get really hot. And he can do it. Hit a home run last night's game. He'd have to get really, really hot. Uh, but So bo both of mine are are looking like losers. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Good and bad across the board from us. Yeah. Wow. Betting. 
Trev, um, I'm really good at Yankees over-unders, I've decided. So, there you go. That's Did you guys check out our MVP odds and stuff? I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Kind we, of we, funny. We, I also, like, I hate those segments. I remember going back yeah. and forth with Jake before we recorded that I don't want to give guesses because I don't want to be held accountable to them because I don't care. So Who's Jose? Who gave Jose Ramirez? Because that one, he's sneaking up there now. That's again. I mean, I I don't want to pat my back <laughs> or anything, but uh, Jose Ramirez. It was Jeff Passan's article today. Has jumped to the Fangraphs' WAR lead of all of baseball. Um, WAR is a fickle stat, and you know the argument. Other people are saying he's not. He's not even the guy on his team. People have been looking at Bieber all year. Um, but yeah, Jose Ramirez was plus 5,000. So if that comes through, I will, uh, I'll do yeah. a little, a little, and we dance. were doing value picks. Like we were, yeah. Fighting. And Shohei, we said, and that one did not, uh, it was just interesting. Out. Cause if he could affect both sides of the ball, not good. Gary Sanchez had the plus 5,000. So we were like, yeah. Hey, an absolutely <laughs> awful. Like, I didn't think Gary was... See, someone already came at me because they were like, you thought Gary Sanchez was going to win MVP. And I was like, no, I did not. Yeah. yeah value, value. The value pick. And then I think the... Uh, I don't know. The only only other thing that stands out were the locks that we've mentioned. Jim picked the Twins over. Looks good. Moose Tacos uh, for Ploof has to get real hot. And then I had Goldie and Orioles. Goldie looks good. Orioles. Yeah, why'd you... A little less than a coin flip. But I believe, Jake. Why did you give two locks? You know, because that's how I roll, baby. I see. I'm happy now. I, I I guess I gave the Twins over as my lock, unless they don't win another game. I'm good. Trev, your lock was Moose. You're bad. Yeah, bad. Jake, Jake had two locks, so he's good and bad. Yeah. Well, they could be. Well, let's be good. Then I'd be good. Good. Oh, the Orioles can still do it. Yeah. It's just looking scary. Who do they play? Uh, they're playing the Sox, which is a loser bowl, but then they finish with the Jays, who um so I need the Sox to dig deep for a couple games. Let's go Boston. Let's go Red Sox. What all this is showing is just how dumb like the season on paper is. You gotta play the season. Gavin Lux was the huge favorite in yeah. NL rookie of the year, and he hasn't even played. No, he's playing. He had a home run he's, the other day. Yeah, he's back and forth between the alternate site. Clearly, not what you want in a guy that you know you put money on to win the rookie. Oh, of the ro- year. Rookie of the year is like how you can't even. Well, Luis Robert is has been good about it. I don't know if he still is the rookie of the year. Um, Him and Lewis are both limping towards the finish line. They've yeah. each had each had some decent slumps. Um, let me uh, let me let me go to my favorite website that has the tracking the. Give me odds, and then we'll get into some defense. Michael Kopech just is he yeah. op- he opted out. Yikes! That's a weird one, huh? So right now you got Robert is plus one twenty five to win, and Lewis is plus one fifty. So it's mm-hmm. neck neck and neck. Yep, and they've been neck like they've been their little trail their little line draft like goes it like ebbs and flows together almost what are the chances we get degrom bieber mvp mvp uh degrom mvp he just kind of blew that and this is last Did he have a bad game last night or just like 
I don't Last think night did. was good. The start before that was like two innings. He came out early because of a hammy. I just don't think they're going to do pitcher MVPs. Not for the Met. Like, if you're a pitcher MVP, you got to yeah. be like, you it, You got to play into the the reason your team is like. I feel like the all the position players caught up. Like, if it was just Bieber and like Ramirez didn't get it going, their offense kind of stunk. Like, all right, I'll listen to it. But uh, I think the pitchers are done for MVP. I don't know. I mean, Bieber still leads the league in um, baseball reference war. Uh, Betts and Freed are right above him. Betts at 3-2, Freed at 3-1, Bieber at 3-0. There's an interesting case for Bieber to win the MVP. Cruz is the favorite currently. Who? Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is the favorite to win the AL MVP? According to sports betting odds, he's plus 125. He's like Didn't not hang up his knee. There's not, he's not in any categories here. That's weird. Well, this was on September 15th. Okay. This website ah. doesn't update, I guess. Okay. My if you really look though around the league, you know who's leading the offensive categories everywhere? Our freaking guy Juan Soto. Yeah, he's nobody's talking about him. He leads in on base percentage, slugging percentage, and obviously, if you lead in both of those, you lead in OPS. Um, the counting stats aren't there because he missed some games, but dude, the guy's a monster. And he only missed some games because of a false positive. Yes. It's really, really nuts. Go Soto next year. He's 21 years old still, dude. Why doesn't he just sue? Sue the false positive company. They cost him money. They cost him arbitration leverage. I think he did have another... I forget what he hurt, but he missed like five games with like an actual injury at some point. Yeah, You guys love the bold stats and baseball reference. Right now, Juan Soto. Bold in batting average. Bold in on-base percentage. Slugging OPS and OPS+. And... Another weird one. Intentional walks. I know because no one else is good. <laughs> and that's and a sign. Paying, that's a sign of weak teammates more than. The Nats have paid this guy like a million bucks total, maybe a little bit over, and they've already got nine war from him. He's the best. And they say war on any given year is worth like eight million dollars per, per. He's the best. There's some value in Juan Soto. Do you guys want to do playoff brackets the Monday before the playoff starts um, with actual something on the line? We'll, we'll do we'll do Bug Bug, Zach, and the three of us. I would oh. do that. Like money. I mean, and Bug Bug and Zach don't have to put in money. Like I can just put in a pot. Smoke in. pot. Let's put some pot in a pot. Oh, you guys want to see it? Do you have oh, some? Do you have some? <laughs> No, I don't do that. You want to see mine? It's a clean show. Okay. All right. Yours do look like gummy bears. You want to do the defense stuff? Yeah, I want to break into that. I think it's kind of interesting. Something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it really is relevant to when you look at, you know, who the good teams are and that's hmm. like sustainable. Defense gets overlooked in all of this, but when you really start breaking the metrics down, here comes Jim with some stanky thanky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, gummies. Oh, I miss those gummies. All stuck together. Those are spring training gummies right there. Mm. So there was, um, if you look at um, the fielding Bible 
website, which is really fun to look at if you're looking at defensive stats. I think we should really start out with the teams and how that correlates to the postseason. Then we'll talk about some individual players who are like, what? I feel like that happens every single year. Um, this year, Jose Reyes is one of them. He's been an absolute monster out there. But just looking at the overall defensive run save stat, people have different um, feelings about this stat, but it's pretty indicative of how a team you know, converts um, batted balls into outs. The St. Louis Cardinals are always at the top or near the top. They have 34 defensive runs saved. Uh, Cleveland Indians, Chicago Cubs, Dodgers, White Sox, all the teams that are the be- like good baseball teams, they're all up here. And really, I think when you break it down, there's two things that make these teams that are good, good. One is you got to have the players. You got to have the horses. If you have guys that can go get the ball and already have natural ability uh, with their range, you're going to benefit from that already so you think about the cardinals you know they have bader out there uh DeJong is good at shortstop uh colton wong is really good at second base uh goldie's usually pretty good at first base um so they're able to do it that way you look at the indians obviously you have lindor who's good they have a few guys um also, they can do it. Then you look at their catchers. The catcher one is the most surprising to me when you look at it, and that's where the Indians get a lot of their value. Their catchers have been good. The Cubs are kind of all around good. You got guys like Baez out there doing really well. Rizzo's usually pretty good in this category. Um, but if you guys are looking at this list, I sent it to you. Is there any teams that surprise you that are up there? I mean, I'll I'll try to start out wide and just just tell you how I'm appreciating this because everyone appreciates defensive stats kind of differently um you know at, the Cardinals are, aren't surprising to see them at the top of the team list um <clears throat> just because think about it whenever we talk about the Cardinals we're just like really well-run organization you know they got Flaherty and a couple good players but they just you know play good ball and it's like well there are ways to measure that and one of them is defense so I, I'm not surprised to see them. Bader, Colton Wong, like you mentioned. What's initially just jumping off this sheet to me um, is seeing the big numbers and like where where are the big numbers popping? And obviously the the one that hits you in the middle of the screen is Colorado Rockies third base. We know who that guy is. Um, and I, I think it's kind of funny. Like if you take that out of the equation, I think the Rockies are almost an average defensive team. Uh, with Nolan Arenado, it brings them up a ton. So you wonder, when you do talk team defense, you wonder how that, where is the line on that? Um, the other positive one that really jumped out, um, and it is further down on the screen, but Atlanta Brave shortstop, uh, and that would be Dansby Swanson, which uh, kind of funny, I was on his stat page earlier, the offensive stats have come back down to earth pretty good uh, around average, but it is cool to see him doing it defensively because he's still rating out very much as a plus-plus player. So that's th- those were the initial things that jumped out to me. Um, Team-wise, other than that, I, I'm not really sure. I think, you know, so we, I, we're talking about the individual players that really do it, and then it's the organizations and a lot of this depends on, you know, 
how teams where teams set up so i think i gave bbd a chart i've tweeted this out earlier i think it's interesting for people to look at it good get rid of jake's face we don't care about it it's a little iffy here this is on my twitter if you just google like trevor ploof defensive um positioning tweet it'll come up and this is from the phillies so if you look at these numbers um this will be a left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher, and then you have all the guys lined up. So each team has their own system of how they want to do it, how they divide the field into different quadrants. Um, and the teams that are better at this and better at positioning, you're going to benefit from it as an individual player as well. The teams that aren't as good at this have to rely on your natural ability and your range and all that. You want both to be good. And that's kind of what you see with the Cardinals and the teams at the top of this. Both line up. The organization does a great job of positioning guys, and they have guys that can benefit and you know take that to the next level because of their ability. So if you're looking at this chart here, there's a lot of like L5s, R2 plus 1s, and it really kind of looks like, like how do you even read this? It's not as hard as it looks. I have the uh, this right here. So this is an infield. This is an infield chart, and it splits the the chart or the supposed the infield into left and right side not that hard to understand right that's the l and the r and it, it uh does it into sections so zero is the middle of the field and five is towards the foul line there's eight steps that separate the sections so if you have an r2 plus five that is like slight pull for the second baseman so think about each side being split into five sections and there's eight steps. So if you're looking at L5, 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 that's basically straight up for a third baseman. Zero would be in the middle. Five would be over there. Eight steps from the line. And then you can go from there. And when you have this chart, you stick to it. They want you to stick to it uh, to a T. A lot of times it'll be perfect. A lot of times it won't be perfect. You'll see pitchers kind of going back and forth about it, but this is what we're looking at. The guys that are checking their cap all the time, this is exactly what they're looking at. And if you got a team that's good at it and you know how to position and you pitch to that positioning and you do all that stuff, it could really help you individually as a player then in turn help your team. So I thought it'd be really interesting to show that and make sure people know what we're talking about here. Uh, the Phillies, kind of bottom of the barrel with their defense. So this is uh, maybe not the best uh, old example mm -hmm. there to look at, but definitely there's so much uh, information and time goes in now to these positions and positioning people, the shifts and all that stuff. We'll see this come up in the postseason a bunch. So it's good to I, know where we stand. I was surprised that the A's are poor at this and everything. Where are they at? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. total. Where are they getting the negatives from? Marcus Simeon, Austin. huh? Simeon, yeah. Simeon's, He yeah. was a darling last year. I wonder what happened. Yeah. And non-shifts. And non-shifts. So they're not shifting and they're just getting beat? Is that what that means? Yeah, you know, Chapman. Um, no one's putting up plus plus numbers for the A's, according. Chapman was dealing with a little bit of injury. Obviously, we know he's out now. I think that could have helped him. But the the, the Simeon thing, I'm not too sure about. I didn't I didn't catch that the first time around here. That's interesting. I'm gonna go look up at his individual page now. 
I think Simeon had a hamstring or something lower body early, which I would guess plays a part because shortstop you got to move around a lot. But yeah, he's a negative uh, defensive WAR right now. Um, also, that, they're they're getting they're getting banged pretty good from their pitching um, spot, which I wonder I wonder what that truly means. Let's let's take a look now. The next page, we'll do the individuals, and I want to talk to you and see if any guys jump off the page to you. You guys have that up? Yep. Yep. And, you know, you guys already talked about Arenado and Swanson, and both of those guys are double digits. The Buck- second guy on the list, that's the most one of the most surprising guys. Buxton is double digits, and then you have Joey Gallo with the second most total runs saved um, with 11. Playing right field, big old bad Joey Gallo, kind of doing it with his arm. Uh, you see his outfit arm there. Um, I don't know what that means. He's got a four next to it, hmm. uh, which is the highest we see here. And that one really surprised me. Also, Tyler O'Neill, our little Canadian, hmm. not exactly 5'11", probably more like 5'10", going out there, laying out, doing it. So I'm talking about Bader, but we're not even talking about O'Neill. This is where, This is where, like, when you see teams sign a guy and you're like, what? A lot of times they're looking at stuff like this. Where can we find value and you're, these, these types of numbers are extending guys careers like Roberto Perez if you look on here he's one of the he's he's I think he is the top catcher in a league with this he had six runs saved I mean he, that's what's keeping him around man like that's going to extend his career exponentially something I've been being to death on the podcast a lot lately um Nolan Arenado in the one spot um his cousin, Josh Fuentes, is looking like he's about 15 or so from first base. So, again, if you just want to have some fun with cousins racking that's up funny. defensive stats for the same baseball team, that's pretty sane. And, yeah, good good for Gallo. I mean, I knew he was a big war guy. Um, I think he has some judging attributes, like he's a mountain of a man, but he moves pretty good. Um, uh, I, you know, I want to go check out some of Joey Gallo's throws now at, that, that he's rated that way. Uh, the catchers are interesting. And then, yeah, some of those Dodgers pieces, uh, it almost makes sense. Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor, um, why, why they've stuck around for so long in their roles. Um, apparently they play well everywhere and play good defense. And you know, who really does not want robo umpires, you guys, the catchers. Yeah. Because it, completely eliminates what they're doing if they are not able to take strikes or take balls and convert them into strikes they won't have the stat they won't be able to measure anything you're going to get basically strictly offensive catchers you know maybe a guy needs to be able to block throw some guys out i get it but as far as frame framing which is the the value of framing right now is is very very high and as soon as you go to the robo zone, it's it's nil. All well, they like framing more than blocking now because you can yes steal a strike every single pitch, whereas blocking only matters when you get a runner on base. Uh, so they are prioritizing framing over blocking. A lot of people can't understand it, but I mean the math kind of adds up. It is a little weird. Verdugo, one really good arm. My, my only counter to that would be. <laughs> The catchers that don't want that, 
are the catchers on this list. <laughs> There's also a group yeah. of 15 or so catchers that would be fine with RoboUmps because they would be playing instead of these dudes. Bangers, yeah. You know, I think uh, we got to give one shout-out to uh, Trent Grisham, who's had a great year defensively. And, man, if you guys remember back to last year's playoffs, the misplay of the ball in right field in the wild card game that ultimately let the Nationals win the World Series. That could haunt you. But Trent's come back, been a good defensive player, been a good overall player, and now has a chance to totally redeem himself in the playoffs with the Padres. I think that's a pretty cool cool little story there. I love catchers, my favorite position. But I think Robo Umps would let catchers actually hit again. Like right now, it's a dead position. There's like maybe five catchers that are offensive threats. There are so yeah. many non-professional bats that are major. Would you even like bring two catchers on anymore? Or would you just have somebody that could like catch the ball that could bang go back there? Like your left fielder usually like, hey, just put some catcher's gear well, on this I mean, guy. You you still you, you know, it prioritizes pass balls and wild pitches again way more, which I do think is a harder skill. And you don't want people stealing on you. So it's not like you just completely lose everything, but hopefully it brings some offense to the position. I mean, right now, it's almost as bad as like when pitchers were hitting. Like it's really bad. There's so many bad offensive catchers. Be it's and it's because of the framing stats and everything now. This has totally changed the way we look at the position. Um, and it'll totally change if that next step happens, which we think it probably will in the next, you know, five, six, seven years. Yeah. I mean, and then yeah. you're, you're gonna figure out some some way to trick the computers, you know, you're, you're still mm. right from the computers if you catch it like this. You got to let the radar pick it up, catch it deeper now, or some shit like that. They'll, they'll, there'll be some, there's art to everything. All right. Before, I mean, that's kind of what we wanted to go through. Is there any individual guy that sticks out that you're like, oh, well, bad or good? Verdugo's got a good arm, I guess, which I, I just wasn't fully aware of that. I haven't caught a lot of uh, Red Sox games, but good for him. He's having a great year. Verdugo's good, one. man. I that that whole Boston thing, you know, obviously turned so slanted because it was Mookie, but Verdugo's a piece. Interested to see if any of the other kids uh make make themselves something. But Verdugo's a good ball player and uh he had the really good interviews earlier in the year where he's like, Hey, I'm not Mookie Betts at all. But he's he's doing pretty well. He's outplaying him defensively, technically. Mm -hmm. My guy that's Really up the stock completely this year. I don't even know if he had a stock before mm. this year. Stonks. Our guy on the Orioles, Anthony Santander. Yeah. Um, kind of a bigger boy, 6'2, 225, Manning right field. He had a great career year offensively with the 137 OPS plus, 11 homers, 890 OPS. And then you go here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh overall fielder according to defensive runs saved with eight runs saved. That's that's making yourself some money right there, dude. You got both of those things going for you. That's uh 
It's a hell of a year by him. Something that we got to definitely acknowledge when a guy puts up a year like that, not out of nowhere, I guess, uh, but he's 25. They used to say 26, 27, 28 was your prime. Maybe we'll see more of the Anthony Santana the next couple of years. I think that'd be cool. I love late bloomers. Love it. In baseball. Except, and I don't like Jake. Well, he's a late bloomer. Tough ending. Oh, I was in. I peaked so early. Are you kidding me? You were still waiting on a bloom. Eighth grade, man. I was it. The bees I, knees. I think you got a bit. I mean, I think you hit weight wise. You hit. Yeah, oh, you hit thirty two. I think your facial hair is gonna kick in. I think you're. You're, you're looking at Alejandro Kirk with bad facial hair. Alejandro Kirk. Awesome. All right. Is that everything Thanks, we got? Trev. Thanks, Trev. A little deep dive into defensive metrics that put you to sleep mm. there. Gotta love it. Dropping some knowledge. People love it. All right. Hey, we'll be back. I mean, state of the podcast. Today is Tuesday. We'll be having voicemail episode uh, recording on Wednesday, dropping on Thursday. On Friday, series recap to let you know uh, what happened this week and what to, to look forward to over the weekend. And then it's over. Monday, we'll have a little recap of how things ended and a little post postseason preview of sorts. And then it'll be daily episodes. Uh, I think 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, 8 a.m. Western. Uh, if you're a patron and you want to listen live, recapping whatever game happened the day before uh, all the playoff games. So that's going to be the schedule. I'll remind you as we go. But uh, yeah, this is the last week of the regular season. It's we're here. So call in with a voicemail if you have one. Love you guys. See you later. <laughs>